Welcome to Things That I Preach to Myself podcast. This is episode three. I'm your host, Rich Vangan. And today on Things That I Preach to Myself, I want to first begin by putting a little disclaimer regarding the timeliness of these podcasts. I confess that I have a countless number of topics that God has laid on my heart to preach to myself about on a regular basis, but the timeliness to get them put together in a somewhat organized fashion and then record and publish them is something that I'm pretty new at. And I am learning how to manage time and importance of these things, but that being said, I I do recognize that I need to discipline myself better to be more prompt and consistent with these podcasts and also my blog, Canon for Hire at WordPress. Because these are important not only to myself, but I'm hoping that they're important to you, either listening or reading them. I am a natural in-the-flesh procrastinator, and, well, the enemy, the demonic forces of this world, they see me as an easy target. So part of this has to do with the topic for today, which is warfare. I plan on discussing today that there's this war going on, and a lot of this has to do within ourselves. This war that's going on, there's a basically the ground zero is, is within us and around us. It's a war that involves humans, it's a war that involves God, and it's a war that involves the enemy, Satan and his demonic forces. So God created humans, humans rebelled, God consistently worked with the humans who would cooperate for a time, but then turn away and the war would continue. The human side, we all know, started back in the Garden of Eden. The difficulty of this war is that, as I kind of alluded to, there's three sides. There's God, humanity, and the demons, like Satan and Lucifer and and those minions. And the satanic war with God, that, that started long before humanity was created, So this isn't a tug-of-war situation. It's not like God is pulling one side of humanity and Satan the other. But the uh, cost-reward does land us on one side of the fence or the other. So on the humanity side, you know, we do have a say and some control as to where we're going to end up. Humanity is but a frail creation, but we were created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, as it says in 1 Corinthians 10 and uh, Psalm 73. So our undoing from the original design was and is selfish pride. Adam and Eve fell into the lust of the eyes, the desires of the flesh, and the pride of life itself. We read about that in 1 John 2.16. And from that fall, we've struggled continually to fall in line with the right side of the war. We've been given our marching orders to comply with God. We've been instructed how to resist the temptations of the enemy and even have a helper in our journey through these battlefields, the Holy Spirit, as in John 14 and Romans 8. There does come a time, though, when God lets go, though. You know, he leaves us to our own devices. And humans consistently turn from God, exchanging the truth of God for the lies of the enemy, like we read about in Romans 1. And God gives us them over to their selfish desires. We see this not only in our world today, but it's been going on for centuries. Let's look at the Israelites and compare them to today. So God spoke out after calling his chosen people, the Israelites, the folks that God was going to reveal everything about himself to and through, and told them, here are the rules with me. And 
God made it clear, very number one, you shall have no other gods. You read that in Exodus 20. But a dozen chapters later in, ta-da, golden calf. And this was just the tip of the iceberg. Throughout the Israelites' journeys, the people displayed a continual roller coaster of ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Even though there is so much between the lines of Scripture that happened, things that, you know, you just aren't recorded, there is plenty of evidence recorded that God would instruct, reward, the people would resist, wrath would come, they would repent, reward would come, and the cycle would start over again and again and again. So even though we're living in the present, if we could kind of zoom out and look over the last several hundred years, we would see essentially the same pattern of behavior going on with Christians. It's clearly like Jesus said in Revelation that the believers are lukewarm and that he would rather them either be hot or cold. Some people, they get on fire for God for a season and stay strong. Some fizzle out. Some people are just cold and callous to everything related to Christianity or the Bible. And then there's the mass multitude, the fair-weather Christians, the lukewarm ones, who like to rest on the crest of fluff and happy living, never really zealous or consistently true to the Word of God. And it's clear that people who completely reject it have a wallop. And barring the work of the Holy Spirit, they're going to remain that way. Then there are the zealous people who are on fire for God, have a deep commitment to his word. And many people, including self-proclaimed Christians, they find those people annoying because of their passion. But I have to believe that God would rather have them that way and annoying rather than cold or lukewarm. Now, the problem with the lukewarm people, of which I have been most times in my life, is that you get on fire for a season or a reason, but then the spark fizzles when you encounter like real life and you easily falter in your faith, kind of turning off God and just kind of relying on yourself. Where I've struggled with this is that I've found it difficult to find a means to consistently trust that God will direct my steps versus me taking the reins and doing what I think best. But what I've discovered, even though I struggle with this from time to time, is that a lot of God's steps and directions that we are always looking for, they're clearly printed in the Word of God, which I have spent a lot of time neglecting over the years. So let's look at faith. A very simple definition of faith is taking God at His Word. As it says in Hebrews chapter 11, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Basically, being assured that the Word of God is complete and true. We also have hope that God is in control and He is showing us that through His Word. And also in His Word are His promises to us. And as we have a conviction, we have a trust in His Word, we are strengthened as we face every obstacle each and every day. So many have heard that the Bible says that we are to put on the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 covers this. But a real key part of that uh, that armor is having a weapon, a sword, which is the word of God. Yet 
lot of us, we stand in the middle of this battlefield without a weapon. How do we expect to defeat the enemies all around us? This is where so many fall. They, you know, they want the spiritual life, the walk, but they don't want to take the time to equip themselves with what's necessary and have that, that word, that sword. And as humans, we're already at a deficit because of our natural, sinful, you know, selfish nature. And the enemy is a master manipulator at drawing out our sin nature and to where we falter in our day-to-day lives. That's why it becomes more and more imperative that we know that Word of God and trust the Word of God and use the Word of God as the sword of the Spirit to stand firm against the enemy. The enemies of God are very crafty. They've devised an incredible battlefield strategy. And it is so easy to deceive people because we have plenty of these pagan temples, I'll just call them that, also known as modern-day churches or denominations, that have led people and still lead people into this false understanding of God and His Word. So many people are lacking biblical knowledge, and they're easily falling into temptations and sin and that all they really want is the soft leanings and understanding so as not to burden souls with heavy things of God. Thus, many of these pagan temples, they pretty much stop teaching the Bible or theology and never really talk about the gospel. So, welcome to Bible-free Christianity. And I guess another name would be social Christianity. But either way, it is false Christianity. Most people would rather take the easy way, all the happy, happy, joy, joy type path. But as C.S. Lewis put it, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, the soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, and without signposts. So God's way is not an easy way. But the final reward is greater than one can imagine. So do we enjoy our best life now? Or do we follow God in his word for our best life eternal? Because, folks, you can't have it both ways. The battles in any war are vicious, often filled with lots of casualties. But we don't have to be a casualty of spiritual warfare. Christ has already proclaimed victory in that war. Yes, each battle is difficult, and yes, we can easily get hurt. But we don't need to succumb to the wounds and lose hope. By equipping ourselves to his truth, his word, we can get to the promise. Each day is new. Good and bad is going to fill it. There is fierce fighting, casualties strewn around, wounds deep and infected, The land is littered with the souls of those fallen because they stuck with the cultural Christianity in these pagan temples. But we don't need to be seduced into the lies when we embrace the truth. We can stand firm in the truth, and it's all within the pages of his word, the Bible. Time to put away my selfishness. As his word says, In James 4, uh, verses 7 and 8, Submit, therefore, to God. 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This has been Things That I Preach to Myself About Podcast. Again, my name is Rich Vangen, and you can reach uh, reach me at canonforhire01 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd get some feedback on if these uh, little topics that I preach to myself are helping you. And if you have any ideas or thoughts that you'd like me to share in future broadcasts, I would be more than willing to hear about it. And all I can say is stay in his word, study his word, grow in his word, carry his word, and may God bless you richly with his word. Amen.